0: Hi everyone. Welcome back to the ball girls. Hi. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, our favorite day of the week. So we just want to start off this podcast. Um, I know Jordan made a statement last pod, but she's got something to say before we start today.
1: Yeah, this is the only baseball you're getting today, guys. I'm in my Joe Carter Cooperstown jersey. That's it. That's all the MLB for this week. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no more. Until they make an official statement on, like, this is what's happening, instead of just regurgitating the same r- proposal yeah, over just, and over in different formats. <laughs> literally proposing the same proposal. Proposing the same format and
1: saying every like, amount of games equals to the same amount of pay. This doesn't really make any sense. They're just pumping out the same thing, and everyone's just like, the MLB did not read the room this week, so we're gonna not... <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're not going to talk about them. We are going to talk about basketball. So July 31st is the official date they're coming back and the NBA finals will stop no later than October 12th. There's going to be 22 teams, 13 from the west and 9 from the east, which again, I don't understand the math of that. I don't know who decided that, but whatever. I also wonder if the turnaround's going to be different because usually the NBA season starts in October. So because the finals are ending there, is it like they're just going to go right back into the next season or how?
1: I thought I seen something about December 1st as a proposed for the next season. Yeah. December 1st, start of the 2021's, 2020, 2021 season. Uh, but then I seen something that like that was unlikely, but I guess December was something they were looking at.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I wonder how the turnaround's going to be because like our team's going to want to go back to that normal timeline or what's going on there but it should be interesting
1: yeah.
0: yeah uh the golden state warriors didn't make the playoffs it's also funny i saw a tweet at the beginning of like or the end of 2019 last year It was like the knicks are going to make the playoffs next year and somebody's like there's literally 22 teams in the playoffs and the knicks still didn't make the playoffs <laughs> so r.i.p to the
1: disney world
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Pardon me. But yeah, that's about it for, I mean, like the NBA is not back yet. People are practicing. I've seen hockey practicing. I've seen uh, some like collegiate teams are practicing. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. I think people, was was
0: it- no, did we talk about that last week? I forget now. I think we did a little bit. Okay. Some, some teams were starting to practice. I saw like the Oilers practice. They were practicing. I know for colleges, it's like voluntary workouts. So you don't have to go pretty okay. much if you want to, if you feel com- comfortable enough. I just had a stroke mid-sentence. But yeah, that's all we've got for the NBA. Next, we've got some controversy in the Bundesliga. Uh,
1: don't get a haircut in Germany.
0: <laughs> Apparently not.
1: Mm-mm. <laughs> They don't want that haircut
0: there. (laughs) So some people think that the fine that was given out for... Which player was it?
1: Uh, Jaden Sancho.
0: Yeah. And there
1: was also Manuel Akanji. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, I wouldn't have said it any better. But yeah, so they got fined for apparently what was breaching lockdown and going to get haircuts. But some people, fans, believe that it was because... They were vocal about the Black Lives Matter protests. And you've seen, I'm sure, on social media, the pictures of people under their jerseys writing Black Lives Matter on their shirts that they wear under their jerseys or on their armbands and things like that. So they think that the league might have tried to find a loophole in finding them and trying to keep them silent. But also, these players make astronomical money. So, like, what does that mean to them anyways?
1: I've seen that. So apparently, hair salons say hair shops hair salons <laughs> <laughs> have opened in germany like they opened last month but right. you're like you have to wear a mask in order to go and i think the big deal was that like he was photographed without wearing a mask while getting a haircut at mm-hmm. home
0: right right, that was right, right. It. I, pff, the whole list
1: of worlds that comes with covid not even just in sports but in like society as a whole is just kind of
0: Oh, I know. Well, that's, like, they're reopening Ontario now, except for the Golden Horseshoe, so not us.
1: <laughs> yeah, catch me going to Muskoka or something.
0: I'm Literally. I am <laughs> not know, <going> to Muskoka. <laughs> Literally go home to my mom, to, like, except the thing is, the things I was looking most forward to were getting my eyebrows waxed and getting a facial, and you can't do any of those things anyway, so it's, like, well, it doesn't matter. I feel
1: like that's opening soon, because I think I see my eyelash girl saying, "Stay
0: tuned." Eyelashes are, but not eyebrows. I don't understand the difference. Because <laughs> this one beauty place in Cambridge was like, "So we're reopening for lashes and like waxes and stuff, except not eyebrow waxes and not facials." I'm like, "Okay, the two things I need because my face looks like a Domino's carryout special, and I have Anthony Davis brows." So thanks for nothing, COVID. Just
1: <laughs> no, <you don't. laughs> <laughs> How quick you thought of that!
0: Oh, my skin is so bad right now. I literally, Papa John's, call me for a sponsorship. Thank you.
1: I don't know if you guys can see. Maybe I dried right now. I, this is the fourth time today I tried putting on this one <laughs> eyelash. I need my lash girl back now.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, my God. bad. Yeah, wow. no, You she sent me a Snapchat, and her lash was like this on her eye. <laughs> Keep my is leaner. <laughs> Oh my goodness. We, we literally can't be serious for more than five minutes or else like we'll go crazy. But yeah, Ugh, back to being serious. There was a headline, not a headline that came out, but there was a player from Vanderbilt. He was a wide receiver who announced that he, in the fall, is going to be going to Alcorn State University, which is a historically black university, so HBCU. So we kind of wanted to take a little bit of a dive into looking into some athletes who went to HBCUs because after everything that's happened a lot of people might be thinking is it worth it to just go to a school to be an athlete or do you want an education do you want to feel valued at the school you're at not just a number not just somebody to make money for a school team so we looked into it it was interesting the players that we found that went to HBCUs one for me that I was not shocked at but Jerry Rice is on that list and I remember seeing growing up the NCAA commercials about like education that Jerry Rice is on where he's like less than one percent of players go pro so you know think about your education when you're choosing a university him and his like baby blue suit being like you know think about it so for him to go to an HBCU like he clearly wasn't just going to play football it meant something to him
1: yeah and like so before because I me and Haley talked about it last night. C.J. Bowler is his name. Yeah. Um, how he went from Vanderbilt to Alcorn in Mississippi. His mom apparently went to school. It was from Mississippi, so it's kind of cool, like yeah. you know, town roots or whatever. Um, but I didn't know anything about these schools. Like, I was never taught any of that. I never was told that here in Toronto. <laughs> so like, I don't yeah. know. Um, it might sound bad that I didn't know, but they're mostly in the south. So like. Well, yeah, of I course. Had any way to know that, but anyways, yeah, no, I thought it was really cool that he's going from like a predominantly D one football program kind of thing to like yeah. historically black. I gotta, I gotta butcher this. <laughs> Abbreviations are not easy for me. Historically, black colleges and universities, that wasn't hard
0: at all. Yeah, Um, I agree. Like I said to you last night, like the SEC is a football conference you want to play in if you want to get noticed. I mean, Vanderbilt's not the school when you're playing in a conference with Alabama, LSU, Georgia, et cetera. But still, you know, it's a school where you're going to get some exposure. It's a D1 program. You have to play those big-name schools. So if you make a big play, you know, it's going to be noticed. And to value your worth and your education – more than that like it takes a lot because think especially as an athlete you kind of grow up your whole life being like you know you're gonna go to football to go to college and then you're gonna go play football in college to go to the nfl like that's that's what it is so for him to be like you know what i i can go play football somewhere else and get an education but i'm not going to be valued at every school i go to so it's a very big decision to make
1: it's still a d1 program i'm pretty sure right there's two is there two conferences that are d1 with these schools i think so
0: i believe so there's there's a bunch of conferences that are still d1 but
1: haley has got to teach me about these conferences because <laughs> this is why i do not follow college football at all because there's too many conferences
0: <laughs> so they're in the southwestern athletic conference so the thing is there's the power five the power five are the big 10 the big 12 the pac-12 the sec and the acc those are the power five those are pretty much the five conferences that dominate everybody Then there's other conferences. So, there's like the AAC, which is the American Athletic Atlantic Conference. I think it might have it here, actually. I can never remember. But that's where UCF plays. And that's the thing. When UCF said they were like undefeated national champions, it's like, well, you play in the AAC. So... Nobody's going to take you seriously because you don't play in a power five conference. But like I said, for these people, it's not all about football. Football's not your entire life. There's no guaranteed career span for football. So being able to take the initiative and see that and be like, you know what? I know my worth and go to a school like Alcorn state. That's a really big move. And like I said, there's that prospect. His name is Mikey. I can never remember his last name, but he was kind of like, you know, I, uh, Mikey Williams. And he was like, you know, like HBCUs might be the move, like this new generation, as much as they want to play basketball, they also value their worth and their education. I mean, valuing your worth, like that player who's going to the G League now, because he's like, screw it. I'm not wasting a year at college and going to like classes that don't mean anything when I'm going to be done in a year, when I can just make money at 18 years old, make half a million dollars playing basketball. So he's on to something. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's interesting to see, like, Shannon Sharp, Walter Payton.
1: Yeah, that one was a big shock when I seen that. I don't yeah. know why that was a big shock. I was like,
0: huh? Like, I messaged Haley. I was like, Walter Payton went there? <laughs> Like, went yeah, to high schools? <laughs> I think you just kind of, like, assumed they went to, like, bigger schools. Not even, like, obviously, this, Alabama was not big until, like, 2009. But even, like, back in the day, like, schools like USC, Oklahoma, like, Texas, schools that used to – run the college football world you'd think they went to schools like that and then you read up and you're like oh you went to mississippi state valley state huh <laughs> and
1: um okay one that so i was looking up today like more people because they weren't even on there was one person that wasn't on that list because i sent you a list i think last yeah. night. uh michael stran
0: yeah michael Strahan. he's never, on michael and kelly what do
1: you know
0: michael and kelly is it right Yeah. Okay, so I was
1: like, wait, what? Yeah, Michael and Kelly. I didn't see that on, I don't know why I didn't see it. Maybe I just glanced it. I don't
0: know. (laughs) You just skipped past him.
1: Yeah, and I thought that he went to Texas Southern, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And then the first African-American to win a Grand Slam, Athea Neal Gibson. She went to Florida A&M. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for she, yeah, first African-American to win a Grand Slam. She was a tennis player, golfer, and one of the first to cross the color line into international sport. And she won Wimbledon in the U.S. Open after winning her Grand Slam.
0: And it's sis. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes to show you don't A, need to go to a big name university to be an incredible athlete and B, you don't need to value sport more than you value your education or yourself. So I think that's the biggest lesson we learned out of that.
1: Yeah. I think a lot like. With all like this, with the Black Lives Matter movement happening more and more, like you're seeing it more, like I think a lot of players, like this will be a time for them to reflect on like what you mentioned, like being respected in like their own culture kind of thing. They're gonna, I don't know, I feel like a lot of players are gonna switch. That's what yeah. I feel like.
0: No, I agree. Like, and you think too, like how many coaches have come out and said things versus coaches who haven't said things. So like, if you're a commit to Clemson and Dabo Swinney is staying silent, like, are you going to want to go to that school? Because do you actually matter? Or are you just a number who's going to bring in money and a championship to the team? Like, those are things you have to think about.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But speaking of collegiate sports in Canada, we had some news that U sports has basically canceled all fall sports. Uh, which is a big, not a big shock per se, but more so kind of a disappointment. Not in the sense that you don't want to put student safety first, but I know like a lot of seniors or like fifth year seniors are probably pretty upset that this is their last year and this is how it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are kind of not bending the rules of eligibility because obviously this is, as you've seen in every email you've ever gotten from every clothing store you've ever bought from, these are unprecedented times. (laughs) So they're, um, clarifying on AFAs, which in Canada are basically like academic athletic scholarships, but they're not for like your full amount. I I don't know what it is. Canada, you can get like... I think it's only like some money thing. yeah it's like 25 percent or something like something. You, you can't get a full ride no. but okay. they um they basically their pass fail grades from last semester can determine whether they can still get a scholarship or not which is nice because i know a lot of athletes as much as it's not a full ride every bit helps mm-hmm. you know a college education even in canada is still not cheap by any means so there's that they can still award athletic financial awards In the fall, even if there are no sports. And there will be no conception of eligibility if the championships are not offered. So I think even if they do play a little bit, but there's no championship, it won't eat up any eligibility, which is nice. Because for fifth-year seniors, not so much. But like fourth-year seniors who might want to come back, they can play again next year because their eligibility won't be used. But I think it's a good idea to just come out and say you know what I think we're not doing it because unlike the states like Canadian school athletics don't bring in money to the school really like I know at Laurier literally football games were like five dollars other sports you could buy like a season ticket to basketball for like twelve dollars. Like, There's not even
1: a football team at my school that attend. My school didn't have a team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, like it's like 64 I think.
0: Yeah. Like in Canada, college athletics are not the move. So they really don't care. Like it's not financially really impacting them. Of course, it's going to impact some jobs and things like that. But for the most part, like keeping your students safe is the priority. A lot of schools have already moved for online for fall. Some announced it back in May. Like we're we're just staying online because, you know, better safe than sorry. So I think it's a good move for them. I'm not going to criticize them for it. Of course, I didn't have the collegiate athlete experience and i know you played for a few years at barack but just so i thought it was, thought it was two really years no, just it was two years
1: no my second year i decided that because like in first year so our tryouts right at the beginning of uh what, frosh week so the first week at school mm. i didn't make any friends at all in the first year really until like a few months after i actually finished the softball season like I was really sad, and I never got to go to any of like the parties or anything. Like not parties, but like the school run like little dance mixer to meet people kind of thing. I never got to go yeah. because of softball. So I ended up just thinking, okay, like I kind of want to meet people second year. I'm just gonna
0: yeah. At least you had an excuse for not making friends in first year. I was just depressed. Girl, no. <laughs> oh my god, I had the worst first year experience. Like whenever people feel bad about like their first year, I'm like, just listen to my story. It'll get better. I've heard- it. Join- like <laughs> like literally join clubs get yourself out there but like oh my god first year even second year but first year oh my god I can't eat Nutella anymore because I ate two Costco Costco-sized jars of Nutella alone in my room I changed like all of my classes second semester online I never left my room it was so depressing oh <laughs> I can like laugh about it now because look at me now I'm thriving but it was so bad my mom like can't talk about my first year because it makes her so sad i'm sorry don't be sorry like i said i'm thriving like third year i started joining clubs it was great i loved it the
1: biggest thing like i was telling i think i was telling someone recently because they were asking me about brock because i was in management there and i'm like honestly like even if you don't know what to do or anything like that i'm like at least just join clubs and like get hobbies because like down the road that could definitely help like i remember seeing like we had brock tv like the university's like news kind of oh yeah yeah And I always wanted to join, but like I never did or anything. I don't know why I never did. I was more on making friends than joining a club and actually getting <laughs> skills, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. And then I remember in fourth year, finally, my last week, I asked to volunteer for them and I never heard back. Clearly, I was never going to be actually there to help. So, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, biggest thing if you're watching this and you are not in university or you're just starting university or not join even, club university,
0: join a club. <laughs> yeah, literally changed my life. Like my whole university experience did a 180 after I joined clubs. That is my takeaway. That's from awesome.
1: that. Same as me, yeah, a third year I joined Best Buddies, and then that's when everything.
0: Yeah, no. I joined Sports Management Laurier third year and started writing for the paper. And then fourth year, I did like eighty things. Everyone was like, "How do you do everything?" I was like, "I don't have a social life, but it's fine." And look at us now.
1: Look at us in our room on on the computer.
0: <laughs> oh God! But anyway. anyways, back to like things that actually matter.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I mean, our lives matter, but.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> in other news, um, not much is happening with hockey besides the fact that Evander Kane and Akeem Alou, We talked about Akeem loo last episode, I believe. Uh, yeah. They created the Hockey Diversity Alliance. With they have executive committee members. Uh, there's a few of them, including rain Simmons and Chris Stewart. Wait, uh, I just said rain Simmons, <laughs> Trevor daly <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's a it's independent from the NHL, and they want to work like with community and like youth hockey and just spread diversity and like messages along those lines. Um, They're gonna launch a charitable division, they said at a further date, but basically they wanna like encourage that regardless of race, gender, socioeconomic backgrounds, like that there is a place for you in hockey, which is great because we've been saying the NHL needs to do something. Then there's always the, well, what can the NHL do? And then it starts at the grassroots level and they're targeting that, which is great. Um, Kim Davies, she does social impact and growth initiatives for the NHL, for the league. And she basically was saying, like, it's not like with the NHL, but like she wants to work, like, the NHL wants to work with them on this new venture, if you will.
0: So that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. That's amazing. Yeah. They like read we, the room. <laughs> they definitely read the room. But like we said, like, we get it happens in every sport, but truly hockey is one of the most, like, privileged white boy sports there is because it's expensive you know you have to pay for power skating you have to pay for all this equipment you have to pay to travel to these like outrageous tournaments that are all over the country like I remember in high school these guys were constantly going to like Minnesota and stuff for tournaments not everyone can afford that so you have to be very privileged to be able to play hockey and succeed in hockey and so that creates this like stigma Especially, I don't know what it is when it comes to like girls. I don't understand why guys think they hockey boys think they're like girls or God's gift to girls. You know? <laughs> That's funny.
1: I feel like how hockey players are in Canada are like do I want to say football players in the States?
0: Yeah, yeah, Sorry. absolutely. I feel the same person? way because hockey's not as big in the States versus here. It's, like, literally every boy played hockey in Canada, even at some level, even if they stopped after, like, minor bantam, like, they it played at started some level. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, every boy in Canada, I swear to God, has played hockey at some point. So, yeah, the way, like, Friday Night Lights is in the States, like, that's hockey in Canada. Like, we, we literally would, like, have more people come to school hockey games, than football games because people are like, whatever.
1: Like I said before, with Brock not having a football team, the hockey team was our football team basically. And I we ran a we won fan of the year, I, fans of the year or something like that. <laughs> one year. I it was for hockey. It could be basketball though, but
0: hockey. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, hockey's just and like I said, I think our first episode actually, but my best friend's boyfriend's brother got drafted to the OHL and he's like such a good boy and they're like, oh my god, please don't fall into that culture, because you're a good person, so (laughs) like, don't be influenced by those boys who think they are just, like, God's gift to earth, because they can skate and shoot a rubber puck into an end, like, (laughs)
1: like, it's okay to learn other skills.
0: Yeah, like, being kind.
1: (laughs) Like, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's a big one. I feel like, since you're with these guys, like, on the bus all the time, like, in different locker rooms all the time with them, like, they're who you're always with all the time, and if you have an interest that's not hockey, like, they're gonna, sh- not shun you, but they're gonna put you down, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially the Troy right. Bolton complex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Girl.
0: <laughs> but yeah. No, but it's <laughs> true, and it's point, like, even if you're, like, a nice guy and you have a girlfriend and then all of your friends are single and they're, like, you know, cheat on your girlfriend, like, odds are.
1: Just a show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Survey says
1: (laughs) dermatologists hate her,
0: (laughs) but like, yeah, I'm I'm very proud to see this, and especially at a grassroots level, and just like for the inclusion. Like, I think some you know people of color might see hockey, and they're like, I don't see role models that look like me in hockey, so why would I go play hockey? So it's nice to see. Sorry, you can go. (laughs) Well, I was just gonna say, so in the subway station right near my apartment. There's a poster about, I think it's Herb Carnegie. I don't know if it's Herb or Herb, but he's described as like the best NHL player who never was because yeah. he was black and he's from Toronto. So there's a book about him. I'd actually like to read it, but I'm assuming it's just because he was somebody of color that he didn't make it to the NHL because there's not very many people of color, even to this day in the NHL. No. But you I was know. thinking
1: about it today because I was just like, there's, I was trying to think of like not every team has a person of color on their team
0: no there's like like literally the task force plus like pk suban are pretty much it
1: yeah and um no it's funny you mentioned it's herb carnegie i'm pretty sure
0: yeah i think it's Um, herb
1: yeah i'm i went to my cousin my cousin plays gthl i think hockey i think that's what he plays (laughs) anyways uh and he he had a tournament and was at herb carnegie's like he has a rank named after him i think it's in North York, maybe, or more in the east end. I totally forget where it was. I'm an awful Torontonian. Um but yeah, no, it was pretty cool. I went there, and it's all history on the walls, like dedicated to him.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so even if you're like, I don't know, if you're in that area ever, look it out. All right, but uh, yeah, no. In my like, I played five, six years of hockey. There is one girl, like one person, a cover that I played with on the team with yeah it was
0: no, biracial so yeah so like you know it's it's definitely something that needs work on inclusion so I'm happy that they've done it honestly I not that I'm sad that it took this but I think this should have been introduced years ago because mm-hmm. you hear all the stories of racism that happened in the NHL so like it's sad that kind of somebody being murdered is where it kind of took to be like black lives matter even in sport but it's better than nothing
1: yeah 100 and I'm trying to think but yeah no okay so you know i did my internship with mlsc last year mm-hmm. uh i did with their foundation i did community programming and i actually was able to so since i was the hockey brain which you may not believe after every time i screw up something hockey related <laughs> i was a hockey brain kind of with my boss and so I. I worked on a project with him called Hockey in the Neighborhood. It changed now to like Home Ice Hockey, I believe it is. Um, but like we were able to like I went like every weekend to different community sites that were having like youth like free youth hockey. So it was just to introduce kids that have never played hockey before, like completely free. And it was great because like I seen so many like children of like color show up to these events. It was like new to like new to Canada families. Is that the right saying?
0: So, yeah, yeah, like, refugees, immigrants. Yeah. <clears throat> so, i seen, like,
1: a few of those. So, it was really sweet to see that, just, like, them blending in, to seeing how hockey has the ability to be changed. I can't think yeah. ever, but no has but, the ability it, to change, like, it's grasped, yeah. leveled, and...
0: It's adaptable for sure. And it's like, you know, sports should bring people together. Like I think of how many friendships I have from former teammates and things like that. Sports should absolutely bring people. One of my like best friends who I've known since we were like eight years old is from Guatemala. Her name's Makita. I miss her lots, but she's like, literally is like my sister. We spent like 10 years playing rep soccer together. And it's like, you know, when I'm eight years old, I don't think, you know, oh, this immigrant from Guatemala is my friend. I think My teammate is my friend. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's definitely amazing that they're working to put in change. It also goes to show that, you know, a lot of people think hockey players are just dumb athletes who do nothing when these people are going to go put their time and money into bettering their communities and bettering, you know, their heritage by making sure that people don't feel left out the way they might have when they were growing up in hockey.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm excited to see what what they do with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Me as well. But on to something a little more fun. I was dying when I went on Twitter the other night and saw that Conor McGregor retired again. He's back at it. Or not. He's gone. (laughs) I don't understand the complex. Like, does it not, in your opinion? This is more of an opinion piece, you know, hot takes. But. Does it not take away from how special your career is when you retire like 83 times?
1: It's like, I don't want to say, because I don't want to go come get knocked out, like, (laughs) convicted, off of my guard, literally KO me. But but it's it's like attention seeking to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, if you come out of retirement once, maybe, like, you know, but like the Brent Favre complex where you retire like literally 83 times, it's like, you you've played this game for so long and I understand it's so hard to walk away from the game like even as like athletes like us we're like we're we're not going to NCAA schools we're not going to go play in professional leagues even still like when I played my last soccer game I was like in tears I was like I don't want to walk away from this sport I get it but it's like you know if you're gonna retire retire look at Peyton Manning he's just he said I'm leaving and he left
1: he literally, what's that mean with the guy like this, and then he dissolves? Outside. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was Peyton. He said, eh. <laughs> but just like, I don't, I, 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 understand, but I don't like. Is he gonna unretire again? He already has once. Like,
1: <laughs> I, I, I just don't like. I get coming out of retirement and coming back in. God, Last Dance. Michael Jordan came. Didn't he retire after his dad's death? Is what you consider that the same thing?
0: Uh, that's a little different. Like, his dad died. I feel like if one of my parents died, I would, like, literally not want to be alive. No,
1: no, like Like, 100% I get that. But, I mean, like, that I understand. Like, people, I'm saying people leave and then come back.
0: Yeah, Um, that's fine. But, like, to be like, I'm retiring, I'm never gonna fight again. And then you, like, you're like, just kidding, I'm fighting Floyd Mayweather. And then you're like, okay, I'm retiring again. Is this the second time he's done it now? Or is it third? I think it's the second time he's retired, but still. And you're so young, too. It's like, just fight until you can anymore and i get ufc is such a physically taxing sport but like you know fight until you can anymore and then retire and live your life like he's got it set he's got his whiskey proper 12 you know he's making bank off that he's always got ireland behind him like that's you know you're set for life with that i'm sure he's made so much money from ufc because ufc is one of those sports where you have to have the pay-per-view rights which i still don't understand how that's like the only sport that. Somehow has gotten away with that, but I'm not, like, huge into UFC, but I know you have to pay to watch the fight.
1: Clearly, I'm not, so.
0: (laughs) I'm not huge into UFC. I remember my sister bought the Floyd Mayweather-McGregor fight. That's the
1: only thing I've ever watched. Then I remember one time when I was a kid, this is when I wasn't even vegan, so this tells you how long ago it was, (laughs) but I went to my uncle's house to watch George St. Pierre.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, that was forever ago.
1: So, that tells you how long ago that I...
0: yeah, I just, not that I don't think they're athletes or anything like that. It just like, doesn't int- pique my interest. You know, especially like the women went to, I remember the big drama with Ronda Rousey when she finally lost and then retired and never came back.
1: <laughs> well, she. I don't d- know anything about fighting. All I know is John Cena. <laughs> <the> <laughs> That's Rock.
0: WWE. That's different. God. <laughs> I'm free. Like the, the Bella sisters loved. Did you ever watch Total Divas? I used to watch Total Divas. It was literally like an e reality show, like think like Real Housewives, but with WWE divas. Did they have Nikki. To fight? Yeah, they would actually, but WWE's like not real, right? No, so I know, not, but like,
1: would they fight on the show
0: though? Oh yeah, but I think it was Nikki Bella was engaged to John Cena for like the yeah, longest time. isn't he
1: in love with her still?
0: I, I don't know. She's pregnant with somebody else's kid now, or she's had the kid. I don't really keep up, but. Ooh. <laughs> sorry Ooh. about it Johnny <laughs> but I, we've gone so off topic but yeah I just I don't know to me it, I think you should have that special moment when you retire and walk away from the game and that's it so for him to retire again it's like okay are you actually retired or are we going to see you again in like six months when you're bored yeah but we've got a fun segment today because we love having fun on the show
1: yes so, uh, yeah no so you know, with everything going on in the States, this is not us picking sides or saying anything, but I think you guys can read between the lines on it, but we thought it'd be kind of fun. To, you know, a little spice it up a little and do a little segment where we select athletes that would make great presidents.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it was George's idea. So I'll let her go first. We, for the fashion draft, we straight up tossed a coin. I'll just let her go first. this I time. I got a
1: coin. So yeah, that kind of <laughs> works. Um, it's not really a draft, because I don't think we picked the same people. No. That's just going to be us sharing our opinions on why that person should be president. So, my, this is no particular order, just at random. Um, I have Tim Tebow <laughs> coming in for my first electoral candidate. <laughs> um, he's charismatic as hell, humble as hell. Um, you know, he, if you want to, people say that the United States was, not born, but created on biblical views. That man loves Jesus Christ. So you got that wrapped up. He's the same height in uh same height and weighs the same amount as Donald Trump already. So he can kick his ass out of there. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, quarterback. So he already has to manage the field. You know, no, he's already no. in control of that. He knows what's going on. Um but like along with him and a lot of the people that I've picked um, they're all pretty much like they're philanthropists activists they have little segments of that in their life so like he's has spoke out about the black lives matter movement which is great you want someone to actually acknowledge what's going on um there was a thing that came out of him t-bowing that he was kneeling during the anthem people said that he got away with that while colin kaepernick did not but then he basically said you guys twisted it around i was just that was me and god a mental thing i don't really know what that was so people have issues, like, different issues, you're not going to agree with everything every candidate does, but it's the best, the best, um, yeah, no, but he has a big foundation, and I actually didn't know this, that Tim Tebow had a giant, like, philanthropist ring, he has, like, seven different causes, like, he has for families wanting to adopt special needs children abroad, uh, homeless orphans, he has, like, here in Canada, I don't, I don't think they have it in the States, at the Ronald McDonald House, he has something similar, kind of like that in hospitals for kids to play with. Um, has a hospital in the Philippines. He was born in the Philippines. And, his, know that. and his family were, like worked for ministries.
0: So this Team man Tebow is a man,
1: man of all, he can wear many jackets, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet, yeah, just Tim Tebow, man. <laughs> Tim
0: Tebow. Tim Tebow, man. Tebow. Um. <laughs> My first candidate, again, in no particular order, but mine is Diana Tarasi. I know I've mentioned her before. I am obsessed with her. I love her so much. She is a huge advocate for the LGBTQ community, which is huge, especially it's Pride Month. So you love to see it but also she so she was given the wnba community cares award because she partnered with local nonprofits to provide for single mothers to not only help them get groceries and feed their families but also like to spoil them like get them breakfast and like give them flowers and things like that because think like being in sport especially like if a single parent is trying to provide for you by working and still get you to sports and things like that like is extremely hard so for her to donate that's not really something you hear about often well, as yeah. well, like helping out with single mothers, or like I'm sure single fathers are classified into the same thing too. But single parent households—that's mm-hmm. not something you hear about a lot that people are trying to actively, you know, donate to and help out. But there's people who struggle, especially if you have multiple kids and then your spouse up and leaves you. Like, what do yeah. you, what do you to do? You can't just not care for your kids, so. I love that for her and then she's also a huge advocate for just like women in sport which I love because she so she was on a live stream with Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe and she was like everyone's like do you want to be a coach do you want to be a GM and she's like no I want to own an effing team like I love that for her and she's like I wish there were more women GMs in sport like women who are extremely rich and have money, like, you should buy sports teams. You make the calls. If you are interested in sports, don't let men continuously run these organizations. Mm -hmm. You buy that team and you run it. Although she said that she doesn't want to own the Los Angeles Sparks, which is hilarious because that's, like, where she's from. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, so she's, like, a huge advocate for many organizations in Phoenix. She also is just, like, no BS. Like, she was talking about how she would, like, not haze her UConn teammates, but, like, you know, not be, like, the MJ complex where she just, like, wanted to win so bad and was oh, like, okay, yeah, I yeah. will, like, scare you so that you are afraid of me because I want to win. Like, she's like that. So, I'm just obsessed with her and I love her. And she would make a great president. And a female president at that. We need a female
1: president. We're waiting. We're waiting.
0: I'm
1: and I have another candidate that is also a female. You love Not to will really she be the first female president, but only the second african-american president ladies and gentlemen we got serena Williams coming in at number two well no particular order but number two (laughs) um yep uh she's obviously very successful we all know she's won australian open
0: at eight weeks pregnant i'm like are you kidding me i could not win it at any time in my life i couldn't even uh, (laughs) that's strong
1: woman first off um Mm -hmm. i didn't know she was so charitable this is like all these people like i don't like you don't hear about it so much, really, about athletes and their causes, unless it's a team that's actually in your town or that person's from your hometown, and you can actually see the outcome. Right, of course. Uh, but yeah, she's big with like UNICEF. She's a UNICEF ambassador. She's done schools in Africa, education to children in China, and then she had a breast cancer awareness. Uh, I'm not sure exactly a campaign, maybe I forget exactly what the it fundraiser? was. Fundraiser. I don't know what it was. I think it might have been in commercial, but then stuff added onto it,
0: maybe. Okay.
1: Uh, But yeah, she's involved with 13 other charities. But then, yeah, she spoke out in 2016 uh, with Black Lives Matter because I seen a story that she asked her nephew, I think he was like 18, uh, to drive her to a meeting. She he dropped her off, but then she seen the cops approaching him, but she knew that he wasn't speeding. He didn't do anything wrong. Like after she left the car, she noticed it, and then she said that like she thought back to there was a woman that videotaped her husband getting shot by the police when they pulled them over. So she spoke out about the Black Lives Matter movement. She's talked about it since uh, with stuff going on right now. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, she talked about uh, gender equality in tennis and like, the pay gap for female sports. So she's a big advocate for that. Um, an incident happened, I don't know exactly when it happened. Did you know there was a tennis player named Tennis Really, T- I think it's it's spelled like tennis. It's T N N Y S. That's tennis, right? Yeah, I'm assuming. Tennis Sengrins.
0: Sengrins.
1: I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> tennis Sengrins. Uh, he posted comments or like comments like against the LGBT uh LGBT plus community uh during his Australian Open showcase. Right. I guess I don't know. Um, he was supporting comments about like. Serena Williams on court, like attitudes disgusting and like how she is on the court, disgusting kind of thing. Um, and he basically was like in favor of the alt right. So she called him out for it and she's like, You don't have to owe me an apology. You owe people from these communities apologies. And she's just like, I know that I could not look my daughter in the face. So I guess this is after she had her child. I don't know how many kids she has, but. This one. Okay, just one. She was saying that I can't look her in the face without like standing up for myself and not teach her that so this is a strong woman man this is a strong woman um yeah and then like she helped with a lot of different things uh she won a president's award national association for Colored people uh she's involved with getting fair trials for uh equal justice initiative equal justice initiative i can't say that quick (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty cool i never knew any of this stuff about serena williams i just know that she wears pretty dresses on the court so now reading back into it yeah just the lecture
0: yeah she's amazing i don't know if you saw the headlines to her husband who like co-founded reddit stepped down from the board because he's like you know there's been obviously reddit is just like i i don't do reddit because it's just like a downward spiral of the internet and there's a lot of Racist and homophobic, and you know, anti-Semitic and xenophobic, and all that stuff that happens on the website. So he basically stepped down from the board and then donated to people of color uh, organizations and basically said, like, I have a daughter who's of color, so I can't, you know, be part of this if change is not going to be made. So obviously, that's an effect she had on her husband as well. Yeah. No. And
1: so the first man, the first man, man actually, because he'd be the first of the first man. Yeah. He's uh,
0: the first man. Pardon? He said yes. The first man. Yeah.
1: You know
0: I mean? <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: his impact. You're not gonna have any controversies with him in there. So, great duo, actually, if you
0: ask me. So. We love a power couple. But um, my number two is my future husband, Kyle Kuzma. Love him. That's why he was my number two in the fashion draft. Just gonna fashion draft again. <laughs> no, De- Sue Bird was in my fashion draft, not Diana Taurasi. Oh. god get your wnba players right (laughs) no um kyle kuzma so he's from flint michigan so he is a huge 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 advocate for having clean drinking water in flint obviously and he said a quote that kind of like not opened my eyes because obviously i'm very aware of what's happening but he said we live in a country where we fix things you shouldn't have to move First one, some people can't move, especially in that community. Many people are impoverished. Over 40% of the city is under the poverty line. So just moving away doesn't solve their problems. So That's pretty much just quitting on the problem. So in 2014, basically what happened was Flint, Michigan, who was like severely bankrupt as a city, changed their drinking pipes to save like $5 million. And so they were taking this river water that was like highly infected with lead. It caused like 200 women to have miscarriages. It Killed 12 people. Basically all the kids who grew up drinking that water are going to have, not all of them, but most of them will have some IQ deficiencies or other disabilities because of the fact that they don't have clean drinking water and that's not something they can change. It's the water that comes out of their faucets and not everyone has the disposable income to be able to buy bottled water all the time so he's a huge advocate for that and he said because he's so young too and he's like you know if I don't use my platform for good what's the point of having it and again with the Black Lives Matter he's been all over that literally calling out everyone calling out the president calling out the NFL saying it's like Colin Kaepernick is not on a team this fall like all of you who put out statements are phonies he even quoted a tweet that had Drew Brees kneeling and he's like half you companies and athletes are just saying this for show like if you mean it say something about it So he's, you know, he's super young and he's really like, he's made his mark on the NBA. Obviously he's a huge impact player for the Lakers, you know, in that trade, I thought he might've gone and said they sent Lonzo ball. So the Lakers are very proud to have him. But I think when you're super young, having a voice like that, when your job really could be on the line, like you've not solidified your place in the NBA really. And he doesn't care. He's like, I don't care how old I am, how much money I make, how much money this is going to cost me this means more to me than basketball ever could so that's why i think he would be a great presidential candidate but he's still got like 10 years until he's eligible how old is he i think he's 25
1: oh wow
0: because one of my favorite quotes from him is i'm not young i'm 24 <laughs> so kendall jenner come get your man before i do thank you is that she didn't or what oh, she, she was she was and then she was with like ben simmons but we're not gonna slut shame because we don't do that and my favorite tweet of all is what did she say pendle yeah what was what she said about her coochie she what oh my god i gotta find it now also kyle kuzma will be 25 next month so i was half right no one is birthday, birthday party uh, birthday party for my husband <laughs> hold on no i gotta find it it was so funny because everyone was criticizing her for being with Ben Same. I've seen a video of, them, <laughs> of the what baby was. tossing them or whatever. Yes, they were tossing the baby, and somebody said, This is NBA players tossing around Kendall Jenner. And, she sa- and somebody was like, Aren't you? Somebody else quote tweeted and was like, Are you sure Kendall Jenner is not throwing them around like this? And she said, They act like I'm not f- in full control of where I throw this cooch. Iconic. <sighs> Iconic. We have no choice but to stand. There's a reason she dated Harry Styles. Mm hmm. Nah. all your men. <laughs> Literally, I uh, if I was like a few inches taller and like skinnier and richer, I could have that too. Kardashian. So. Kendall, <laughs> watch your men.
1: Watch your man.
0: You should watch your man.
1: <laughs> um, no, that's a great pick. Um, my last pick, because yeah, we're only doing three, um, it's the goat. Many would say the goat. I'm not going to say uh, who's goat, what's goat, he go ba 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 whatever. I look like Big Ed. <laughs> beep, mom, beep, now I know. What's I... What are we doing? Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's LeBron James. Le... LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James.
0: LeBron
1: James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Okay? So, we all already know about him. I'm not going to have to say anything else about him. But so again big activist he has the lebron james family fund he helps a lot of different causes there's a lot on if you go to his site they i don't know i can really find them if they list them but they talk about them all so you can look there but he's involved in a lot um oh, especially the boys and girls clubs he's helped renovate their over 30 clubhouses across the states um a big one is the it's called uh what's it called I promise school. So there's a school in Akron, Ohio. Um, and it's for at- like at-risk students that, that would potentially drop out to make sure that they continue getting your education, which is great. I i did not know that. It. it actually looks like a cool school. I googled what it looked like it looks cool. Um he donated He donated 2.5 million uh to the Smithsonian uh National Museum of African Americans History and Culture uh, I think they were putting on an exhibit, an exhibit,
0: an ex, exhibit? Exhibit, yeah, yeah, exhibit, (laughs) hit my ride.
1: Yeah, no, they put on an exhibit, oh my gosh, of Muhammad Ali, so that's really cool, um, he won a citizenship award, uh, from the NBA, I'm not sure what the name is, um and then he's promised to help with 2300 scholarships starting in next year that's cool he's touched on a lot of different issues the war in defer which is uh the oppression of non uh the non-arab population in Sudan. he's talked about uh many of the unfortunate uh killings of african-american uh individuals so uh eric garner michael brown uh, for instance, he questioned, he called, uh, Donald Trump a bum, so we <laughs> love really to can't see him stand, uh, and he donated to, 20 million towards the Barack Obama, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, the election, not the election, like the campaign, campaign, yeah, sorry, and then he also donated for Hillary Clinton's, and then, Basically, with the whole how the Black Lives Matter movement—I don't want to say it restarted, but it kind of kicked up again this year. <laughs> is that appropriate to say? Like with this,
0: yeah. Like it's—it's it's, it's not like it stopped.
1: Like yeah, um, no, it didn't stop. But it's just like, yeah, back in major media,
0: it's, I guess. it's very rampant again. Like you know, they're not protesting twenty-four-seven, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. But when somebody is killed by the people who are supposed to protect them, obviously they're not just going to sit there and take it.
1: Yeah. So like he said. um, he said if you thought we, like I would shut up and get paid and no, like he's talking out about these issues which a lot of athletes have especially an NFL and NBA players which is great but yeah overall LeBron James for president 2020.
0: We love that No, my third is the one and only Christine Sinclair um love her so much (laughs) we need we need a woman president first of all because like i said last episode women are more intuitive and think things through a bit more than men men are more rational and kind of just like make decisions (laughs) you good (laughs) (laughs) party
1: because he's like
0: (laughs) like in sport too even think about like playing soccer you know men just kick the ball and hope it goes in the net whereas women are like okay i'm gonna pass here i'm gonna do this you know it's just being a woman you're Brain works different, yep. but we all know Christine Sinclair is the world international leading goal scorer with 185 goals, which is amazing. But aside from athletic career, she is an advocate for MS with ANW, she runs a national campaign. Uh, she also is somebody who went to school for four years, she's a big advocate for education. And women in sport in the NWSL, she is a huge advocate for that because as you know, there's a lot of women's leagues that have unfortunately had to fold because of underfunding and things like that. So she's definitely somebody who is, you know, she's played in every version of the NWSL that existed. There's been like three or four now and she's been part of all of them because she's a huge believer in women's sport. Anyone who's played with her has said like what an amazing person she is. I'm actually going to find the DM I got from Lindsay Agnew, who also plays for Team Canada. And she not only plays for Team Canada, but she also is the Ohio State alum, which is like half the reason I reached out to her, but that's fine. And she said... Since he was one of my heroes growing up and I find that many times when you meet your heroes they don't live up to your expectations but that's not the case with her she lives up to her legendary status and more. She's one of those players that you would go through a brick wall for and when she talks everyone listens. She's the world's top goal scorer and probably the most humble person you'll ever meet. I'm constantly learning from her and it is a true privilege to play with her. So you know when somebody says that about you, especially when like that's not going to get back to Christine Sinclair really like yeah that just speaks volumes about who she is as a person. Um, if she's not, like, technically, she can't be president because she's Canadian. So, you know, Christine I'm Sinclair for sure. prime minister, I guess. But, yeah. And she's been playing the game for literally, like, 20 years now at the Canadian level. She's yeah. obviously played before that. But, like, at the Team Canada level, her debut was, what, 2002? 2001? So,
1: yeah. Because yeah, we did a whole presentation on it. We did. For school, along with Nick.
0: Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, we just did a podcast with Nick last week. Wasn't now, was it now? Yeah. Nice.
0: It was wow. Saturday, last Saturday, No, time flies. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, last week.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like I always knew of Christine Sinclair because Queen of Canada, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, but doing that presentation after researching, and getting to see all all she does. Like, I I made a video and I started crying in my own video almost. Right? I was like, just like she's an like, amazing person.
0: She's just the best. Like growing up, it doesn't even matter if you played soccer enough. Just like growing up as a female athlete, you yeah. looked up to Christine Sinclair just because she was like no nonsense. I I'm not here because I'm good for a woman. I'm here because I'm good. Yeah. So that's why Christine Sinclair is my final pick for president slash prime minister. I think we have a lot of viable options on the table. We do. Literally, like, anyone. Anyone 2020. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But that about wraps it up for this week's show. Yes, ma'am. So we want to thank you all for watching, as always. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Adios. (laughs)